Um, man, uh, good morning again. Um, I say that a lot. I, I do a lot of things. That I was thinking about the other day that I won't say them because then you'll be watching them the whole time. That it's like, man, why do I do that? And that's one of them. But um, so excited to be here with you guys this morning. And uh, I, I would say, like normal, that I'm excited to. to to bring this word, and I am, but there's some tension in me, to be honest, this morning around this word. Um, so, um, man, just praying for, for grace uh, from the Holy Spirit today, um, just to um, speak this, and then not only to speak it, but to hear it and receive it and, and live it. Um, but um, anyway, I don't know um, that this is going to be a series. I have no idea. So if it is, awesome. If it's not, awesome. We're getting close to Easter, and uh, yeah, uh, that's amazing. Three people are excited about Easter this year. Uh, it's cool. Uh, and uh, before that, we're, we're going to be a Good Friday. Yeah! And, uh, and uh, Anthony's excited, so that's good. I love it. Um, I'm missing that today. Uh, I need that. Love it. But I'm um, so excited about those things and moving towards that. I don't know if this is going to be a series or not, but it's going to be something this morning for us from God. I believe that and excited to, to share this word. But I'll be honest. Um, I really struggled studying for this word. I've known for days, kind of, that this was where we're headed, and just different things that have happened this week have confirmed that. And um, I read it last night, and and I was like, no, I don't want to preach that. Isn't that crazy? Um, Like, literally thought, no, I don't want to do that. Um, And and I wrestled with God for probably like two, could have saved myself two hours of sleep last night. wrestled with God for two hours last night, just looking through the Bible at other things, and every time it's like, nah, you're not going to do that. Um, you're going to do this. And I'd be like, well, okay, what about this? And it was like this weird conversation where I kept throwing out ideas, and God kept saying, no, we're going to be right here, and I already told you that. And uh, two hours later, I uh, just finally gave in to that. But the reason that I was so... Um, I guess hesitant about preaching this, I'll be honest, is uh, this is a hard message. Like, I I know we have hard messages sometimes, but like this is a hard uh, message and it's hard for me to hear and it's hard for me to speak and it's going to be hard for us as a group, I believe that, this morning to hear. And then I kept throwing out ideas about like, well, God, we we could talk about your grace right here. And you're like, no, let's talk about this. Let's we can talk about your love over here. No, let's talk about this. And uh, um, I, I, as I was studying, I was hearing these voices from the enemy, like, you know, you're a hypocrite. You don't do this. You can't preach this. Um, and, uh, man, that would eliminate, like, a bunch of the Bible, I guess, for most of us if we had to hold to that. But um, it was, caused me to struggle for two hours with it. I heard things like, uh, they don't want to hear that, which is maybe true. I have no idea. Um, but God landed on this. The most loving thing you can do for yourself and for those people in the morning is to preach this message. You want to preach about love and grace, and that's awesome. The most loving thing you can do today is to preach this message. And um, that was kind of the end of the fight, I guess. Um, and we come to Luke 9, where there's a section of Scripture that is found in Matthew twice, which is weird, uh, Mark and Luke. And it's this story that we've all heard where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, take up your cross and follow me. And it's, it's some scripture that probably we've heard a lot in church. I've heard it a million times. I've, I've preached it a million times. But I'll be honest, I'm a failure at this daily. And I live among a church that's a failure at this daily. 
And it's so important today that we hear this message um, because there is so much love in, in this message. Um, so we start in, in Luke 9 and we see Jesus is talking to the disciples and the context this sits in is he's talking to the disciples and he says, who, who do men say that I am? And they list all these things that men say that Jesus is and, and men still say Jesus is a lot of things and some of those things are great and flattering, but there's only one real answer, right? And, and men get the answer wrong a lot. And he goes through all these lists of things and some of those things are great things. Uh, some say you're John the Baptist. Well, Jesus said there's no greater man born on this planet than, among women than, than John the Baptist, right? There's no greater man born than, than John the Baptist. That's a, that's a compliment. It's not the right answer. Some say you're a prophet, a teacher, uh, you know, sent from God, whatever the thing is. But, but those are only half of the answer. And he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter comes back, you know, one of the times he gets it right. Um, I want to give him credit where he gets credit, right? Like he, uh, he says, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the real answer. You're the Messiah. You're the one that all history has been pushing towards. You're the one we've been waiting for. You're the one that all the prophets have, have talked about up until now. And you're here. You're the Savior. You're the one. You're the one. And then Jesus immediately starts talking about the cross. He says, you're the Savior. And Jesus starts talking about, well, here's how I'm going to save. We rejected all the prophets, all the scribes, all, all those people that are living today, all those religious leaders, they're, they're going to reject me, and I'm going to die. I'm going to the cross. But he ends with this really, really cool statement, and I don't want to just paraphrase it. He says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes. He's going to be killed. But then he says this, and be raised the third day. He's going to be killed. He's, he's, going, to, he's going to die. But three days later, he's going to be raised. What an awesome, awesome truth that Jesus shares with these guys. That's the context, by the way, that, that what he's about to talk about sets in. You're the Messiah. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to die. We just wait a couple days. I'm going to be raised. And then Jesus begins to speak to the disciples in, in verse 23. And he says this, Then he said, he being Jesus, said to them all, all the disciples, all the followers, all the people that just professed him to be the Messiah. If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. This is what he says right after that. If anyone wants to come after me, follow me, this is how it happens. Can you imagine hearing that as these guys well, what do you mean anybody wants to follow you? That's kind of what we've been doing, Jesus. We just profess to you, right, as the Savior, the Messiah. We see it. We believe it. We agree with it. We amend it. What do you mean if we want to come with you? We, we've been doing that. We, we are coming with you already. Maybe some of us in this room, right, like we believe it. We found ourselves in the same spot. We believe it. 
We receive it. We've prayed the prayer. We've come down front. We did the thing. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. That's awesome. Let's go do that. I want to do that. And here Jesus looks at people that believe it, profess it, that see it, and he still extends this invitation to them. He's like, do you want to follow me? But Jesus, we've done all these things. What do you mean? Follow you, right? They left their homes. They left their livelihoods. They left their stuff. They left their people. And they've been physically following after Jesus and maybe mentally even following after Jesus. But it seems that he's offering something else here. For us, right, we're in the same boat today. A lot of us probably would be like, no, I've said the prayer. I've done the thing. I've come down front. I've prayed the prayer. I believe. I receive. Like, that's me. So why would Jesus look at a people that say, I believe, I profess, I received, I'm a follower, and then extend the invitation to people already following to follow? I'm I'm mentally following Jesus. I'm maybe even physically following Jesus. But there's something else here on this page. He says, if anybody wants to come with me, this is the way. Now, where where is Jesus going? Well, he just told us, right? I'm going to die, and then I'm going to live. I'm I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be killed. They're going to murder me, and then I'm going to be resurrected. And then he looks at these people who mentally, he's the Messiah. Mentally, I believe in him. I've left my livelihood, and I'm following him. And he offers them something else. And this thing is not just like, I'm going to memorize some Bible verses and show up once in a while. This is something deeper. He's like, anybody want to be resurrected? Anybody here, you know, looking at Peter, anybody here want to be resurrected? I'm going to die, and then three days later, I'm going to come back. Does anybody want to come with me? There's this invitation here that's, I think, deeper than maybe what we're seeing a lot of times, because we want to make this like a, a salvation thing. So half of our brains have already shut down, but there's something greater that's happening on the page here. Jesus says, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to live. Does anybody want to come? Anybody that wants to come with me, here's how it works. Now, I think if I said today in the room, anybody want to be resurrected, like hands would shoot up, right? Like either by peer pressure, like I don't know what that really means, but like they have their hand up, so I'm going to raise my hand. I don't want to look like a heathen. Or because, man, it really just sounds exciting today. I think most of us would be like, that sounds like a, like a great story. I want to do whatever that is. See, everybody wants to live. Like, really live? Like, you know, you've heard stories where the Bible says, like, stuff about life more abundantly, right? But if I said, like, who's experiencing every moment of everyday life more abundantly, like, we would probably be like, anybody? And anybody ever been like, man, I feel like there's just more probably to this? It's probably more than just like I come in the thing and I sit in the thing and I sing the songs and I hear the word and then I maybe pray, I don't pray, and then I leave and then just like I wait until the next week and I come back. Well, if life more abundantly is on the table and like resurrection is on the table, and I don't mean like resurrection, like we're going to be lifted up out of the grave into heaven one day, like that, that's a thing. But I mean like to really live. 
Like that's what's on the table. And I think most of us would be like, man, I really want to live. And Jesus gives us the recipe to that. And, and it's simple, right? Simple to say. Um, if anybody wants to come with me, if anybody wants to be resurrected, he must deny himself. This, this is the way to deny yourself. Now, we have deny up here because I think a word deny is like something that we know, but we don't really know. And to deny is to refrain from satisfying oneself. Not being satisfied. But satisfying oneself. See, there's a difference. See, Christ will satisfy you. But he's doing the work. Satisfying oneself is to find satisfaction in something other than, than him. And it says there, there, this is just a def, like an example. There was no way that I was going to deny myself ice cream. I didn't want to keep ice cream from myself. Like deny is this word that means like we, we're not going to do it. We're, we're going to keep that from ourselves. There's another, just another definition right after that. It's to decide no to have something that you would like or not to, I think is what that was supposed to be. Especially for moral or religious reasons. To decide not to have something that you would like, especially for moral or religious reasons. To deny yourself. Jesus says, you want to live, here's how you live. Not live without satisfaction, but quit seeking satisfaction. You have to deny yourself. See, the the truth of the word deny is that, that we're built to want things, right? Anybody? Like, amen, hallelujah, somebody out there awake, alive. Um, we're built to want things. This vessel, this, this flesh that we're living in, this body, like, like this thing is built to want certain things. Like It's just built towards things. Like some of you, maybe your thing that you want is like uh, you, you're a person who, who craves like attention. Maybe, that, maybe that's you. Right? We'll start in the easy pool. You're like, that's, that's the thing. You're like, man, I get my satisfaction when, when people are looking at me. Maybe for some of you, it's power. I get my satisfaction when I'm the dude in charge of the thing, right? Like that's, that's when it comes. I get my satisfaction through popularity. I have to have 72,000 followers on Instagram, and that makes me feel good about life, and everybody likes my pictures. Maybe that's your thing. Or, you know, like I hang out with my friends, and, and I've got a lot of friends, and that's the thing that's my thing, and that satisfies me, right? Like that's the easy pull, and we can move over to another pull. Like some people are bent towards a substance. Like that's the thing that, that, that you, you drives you. You crave it. Like not everybody's built that way. You can't look down on people that are built that way because you got a thing and they got a thing and their thing's different than your thing, right? Like, like maybe there's some substance that that's the thing that your, your, your body, like it craves, you want it, and maybe that's your thing and whatever that substance is. Or maybe that thing is some person, some act, some thing. Like we, we can go down a long list of things, but this body is built to like want and crave certain things. It's just how it is. Okay, maybe just me, like everybody else, you, you don't want anything. You're, just, you're perfect, and that's awesome. Uh, I'm not built that way. None of us are. If we were, then, then the word deny wouldn't be there because it wouldn't even be a part of it. It's not hard. To deny yourself is to keep yourself from something that you want. That is a hard thing. That is a hard thing. Hard for all of us, whatever the thing is. But Jesus says, man, you, you want to really live. Here's step number one to really live in. You, you got to deny yourself. What, what he's saying basically is you got to learn to tell yourself no. Yeah. 
you got to learn to tell yourself no. If you want to live abundant life, life to the fullest, if you, if you want to live in that, in that life of more, it's not to not be satisfied. It's just to realize where satisfaction comes from. See, see, if I'm satisfied by Christ, I don't know that I need those things, I think is, is where he's getting. And when I'm fully satisfied by Christ, I'm not living on this up and down of life and this roller coaster of can I get it or can I not get it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm always going to have Christ. So I'm satisfied in, in him and I'm living in the more. And he looks at these guys and he's like, you, you got to learn to tell yourself no. If you, if you want to really live, you got to learn to tell yourself no. And, and I thought about that. That's hard, right? But like, what do, what would we think today if, if you ever seen one of those parents that like lets their kid do anything? Like they don't know how to tell their kid no. And like you want to tell their kid no with the biggest belt or switch or whatever. Like you just in your heart, you're like, I just want to beat that kid one time. I just want to beat him and then they'll quit. I just want to hit them till they stop. Like you, you felt that way before. And, and, and we look at that parent and is that parent like, do you, do you consider that parent a good parent? You can say it. No. Um, right. Sorry if that's you, Proverbs, spare the rod, hate the child, spare the rod, spoil the child, beat your kid. Um, not really beat him, let me preface. Uh, but it, it's discipline. It teaches that child how they should act and behave in normal society. I teach kids in middle school, and I see that it doesn't happen sometimes, and it's rough on us. It doesn't get better as they get older usually. And he says, some of you need to be that parent, the different kind of parent to yourself. Because the parent you are to yourself is anything you want. Like, what if that parent, the kid's like, man, I really just, I want to play in the street. I love playing in the street. I want to play in the street. I just want to go run around in the road and like run out and dart in front of cars. That's what I want to do. And that parent's like, you know what, honey, if it'll make you happy. Yeah, you're responsible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Not a good parent, right? Because it's dangerous to the it's dangerous to the kid. And some of us are irresponsible because we're doing things that are dangerous because we really want it. And Jesus is looking and he's like, You gotta learn to tell yourself no. If you want to come after me, if you, if you want to, if you want to live, you got to learn to tell yourself no. You got to learn to deny yourself. That's, that's what he's saying. You got to learn when to tell yourself no. It's not that you can't do anything, right? Like I can have ice cream. If I ate ice cream every meal every day, I wouldn't be standing here today, right? You'd have to go visit me at the cemetery or the morgue because it's not healthy. And some of us like. We want to do unhealthy things all the time. And like there's, a, there's a, a book full of things that Jesus is like, hey, that's probably not a great idea. And it's not because he's trying to keep something from us. That's the devil that's saying that to you, by the way. Go read Genesis 3. God's not trying to keep anything from you. He's trying to help you live in a life that's more abundant with him. And he's like, you're crushing that because you're doing unhealthy things. And you got to learn to say no. Anybody that wants to live has to learn to deny their self. Now, I don't know if I want to go on, right? Like, I got enough for this week. That's, that's the chore today, right? Like, I, I can leave here and I can be like, man, that's, I could work on that for six months. I don't need to come here anymore. Like, I, I got some stuff to get rid of and some stuff to say no to. I, I got to do that. But Jesus doesn't stop there. 
He's like, if you, if you want to come after me, here's the way. you got to deny yourself, but then he continues, and he says he's got to take up his cross, her cross, whoever's cross. He's got to take up their cross daily, not one time, and follow me. Not only now do we have to deny ourselves, we have to do this crazy thing called taking up our cross And it's not a one-time thing, but like an every-time, every-day thing. Now, like we hear that, and we don't really think much about it, right? Because we got cross earrings and cross necklaces, and we're like, I'm taking up three or four crosses on the way to church this morning, right? Like, that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about putting on your cross t-shirt. He's not talking about wearing your cross earrings and necklace. And these men, when they heard it, they knew that. We don't hear it and know that, but they heard that and they knew that. Because these men live in a world where the cross isn't like some pretty Christian object or ornament. The cross is an instrument of death. It's a murder weapon. Perfected by the Romans. Do you know what the cross was great at? Two things, killing people and a deterrent. They didn't go in some room somewhere and turn all the lights off and anybody that wanted to watch had to be a select group of family in a select little room. Like, that's not how they did things. It wasn't humane. Like, like they took people and they would hang them in public places on, the, on this cross. It wouldn't be uncommon just to go down the road and see, like, oh, there's somebody hanging on a cross. Like, that, that wouldn't be an uncommon thing in this world, this place. It was, it was a punishment and a, and a deterrent. That person was going to die for their crime, and they were trying to send a message, if you do this, you're going to die the same way. And these men live in a world where they would have seen people hanging on a cross. They knew, like, it was brutal. It was murder. They, they like, literally tried to make you live as long as you could before you would die. That was the goal of the cross. They wanted to get all the pain out of your body until you just couldn't hold on anymore. It wasn't a quick thing. It wasn't a painless thing. It was a gruesome murder. And then these men had witnessed it probably time after time after time. And here Jesus is, and he looks at them, and he's like, if you want to come after me, you have to take up your cross. Now, what was he saying to them? I'm going to die on a cross. Because if you're going to come after me, you're going to do the things that I do, and I'm headed to a cross. Jesus was already here saying, when I die, this is the way that I'm going to die. He wasn't running from it. He was running to it. But he looks at these guys and he says, and if you're going to come after me, you're going to die too. If you're going to come after me, you got to die. Now, he's not talking about physically. Like I know the thing Kendall's not here today because he would roll in here next week with khaki pants and a white shirt. But this is not one of those cult things where Jesus is like, everybody come up and drink the Kool-Aid. We're leaving in the spaceship today. This is not that kind of thing. This is the kind of thing where he's saying, you got to die. But it's not physically he's saying, you got to die to yourself. Not only do you have to deny yourself, you have to crucify the flesh, this body, this seed that you're living in. You got to kill that guy. And you don't have to kill him just today. I think that's the problem with a lot of us. We thought we killed him when we come up here and said this prayer. And we got up the next day and we forgot to kill him again. And we got up the next day and we forgot to kill him again. And we got up the next day and we forgot to kill him again. And that creates an issue, doesn't it? 
Because see, we, we, we live in this place where we're like, God, I'm following you. I'm coming after you. I'm doing the thing. I go to church. I sing the songs. I listen to Caleb. I wear the right clothes. I, I kind of don't go to the same places that I used to, some of those. But, you know, some of them I still do. And I like read the Bible and I say the prayers. And we're like, man, that's following God. And Jesus is like, nope, if you want to follow me, you got to follow me. And here's what I did. I died. And then I lived. And we want to skip the middle section, don't we? We, we want to we want to go straight from uh, I was dead to in in my trespasses and in my sins to I'm resurrected. But the process to that to life more abundantly is we got to die. And the problem is we got a church full of people that want to live, but nobody wants to die. And he looks at us. And he says, if you want to really live, man, you want life more abundantly. You want life that will blow your socks off. Here's the way. You got to get up every day. And the first thing you do before you put your shoes on is you got to murder the flesh. You got to kill the flesh. Now, what does that mean? I don't think it's like Martin Luther who went around beating himself as he climbed up the steps on his knees. I don't think that's it. Maybe that was worked for him. For some of us, we would be beaten sinners. What, what it means is we, like Paul says, brings this body under strict control. That we tell ourselves no to things. See, to, to kill the old man, which is what he's saying here, to crucify the flesh, to kill who I used to be, i got to quit living like I used to live. For some of us, it means we got to quit talking like we used to talk. You want to really live, there, there's like a vocabulary we're probably going to have to expunge from some of us. It means we have to quit going places that we used to go for some of us. Right? Oh, I'm not going to do whatever. If you show up wherever, you're going to do whatever. That's how that works. It's called a habit. Some of us, we got to quit going the places we used to go. Maybe we want to go there. That's why you have to deny yourself. We got to quit thinking the, the way we used to think. We have to quit behaving the way that we used to behave. That's what he's saying to these guys. He's like, I, I know you believe and you profess that I'm the Messiah. I, I, I get all that. I know you left your home and your stuff and blah, 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 blah. Give me the list. I, I teach Sunday school. I pray the prayer, uh, whatever the thing is. That's cool. But have you died today? Have you decided today that, that this old you has to, again, be put away? And the next day, he's going to have to be put away. And the next day, he's going to have to be put away. One day, Jesus is finally going to plant him in the ground, and he's going to be put away. But until then, i got to get up and put him away every single day. He says, if you really want to live, this is the way to live. If you really want to experience life, I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to give you everything. If you want to come after me, I died, you got to die. If anybody wants to come after me, he's got to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What did Jesus do? He went to the cross, he died, and three days later he was resurrected. Do you know that tomorrow it's going to be really hard for you again to crucify your flesh? 
You know why he uses the word crucify? It's painful. It's hard. It's not easy. If it were easy, he would say, pamper your flesh. Deny yourself and pat yourself on the back. Deny yourself and pretend like it's a great day. But he doesn't say any of that, does he? It's a painful thing to put away those things that we want every day. You're not going to tomorrow probably wake up and be like, man, this is really easy. But three months from now, it'll be easier. See, as you begin to, to put away the old man and quit feeding him, the new man gets a little stronger. And the old man gets a little weaker. And he's saying, every day you got to get up and you got to kill that guy. If you want to come after me, if you really want to live, if you, if you want to experience life more abundantly, this is the way. What does he write in Galatians? I've been crucified with Christ. And I, no, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. If you want it, here's how you do it. Kill the old man. If you want it just to be not just some pretty Bible verse, but something you're living out, here's the way. Kill the old man. Wouldn't it be amazing if we saw what happened on these pages in our lives instead of just reading it and agreeing with it? He says in 24, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Trying to hold on to the old man. Trying to squeeze the most out of this life. Trying to get the most satisfaction out of all these things. You're going to get to the end and you're going to be like, what did I do? You're going to be laying on your deathbed and you're going to be thinking, what did I do? I wasted it. I squandered it. How do you, how do you know that? Ecclesiastes. We see a guy in Ecclesiastes who had everything. Had all the money, all the power, all the, all the women, all the pleasure. And what do you say? It's vain. It's nothing. It's worthless. I had all the money that money could get, and it's worthless. I'm letting you know I couldn't get any more money. I was richer than rich. I couldn't get any more money, and I still wasn't happy because it doesn't fulfill you. He goes on. He says, I had all the women, right? Like I had all the pleasure, and, 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 and when, when that one didn't make me happy, I got another. When that one didn't make me happy, I got another. When that one didn't make me happy, I got another. And, and I had all of them. I couldn't have any more. And I just want you to know, I realized as the longer I chased that rabbit, the emptier that I felt. Some of you have tried it with a substance, right? Like that's how drugs are so powerful is because like you can never get that same first feeling again. So you do more and 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 you do more, but you can't ever get that feeling again. And he's like, this, this is the end of it. If you're trying to grab onto as much as this world has to offer, you're going to end up empty at the end and you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to be headed towards the grave and you're going to be like, man, I didn't do anything worthwhile. Whoever wants to save his life, he's going to lose it because we're all going in a hole. But whoever loses his life because of me will save it. But man, you want to live, do it my way. You want to experience life, do it my way. You, you, you want to have satisfaction. You want to get to the end of your life and be like, man, I did it. I did it. I don't know what life is, but I did it. Do it my way. Twenty five he says this What if what is a man benefited if he gains the whole world yet loses or forfeits himself? He ends with this question What good is it if you have it all but you never really live? 
What good is it if you have it all, but you never really live? Anybody ever got that promotion that you wanted? And you get there and you're like, somebody's like, how does it feel? And you use these words. I don't know, it hasn't hit me yet. Did it ever hit you? Not really, did it? Because we thought we'd feel away when we got to that place and we got to that place and we didn't feel that way. It led us down. That's how it was for me at graduation, by the way. Right? Like you get this, uh, what is it? 13 year build up towards this date. You're like, man, this is it. This is it. This is where life begins. This is, yes. You walk across that stage and you're like, oh, it's feel the same. How do you feel? I don't know. It just hasn't hit me yet. I don't know. I'm 33. It still never hit me. Graduated another time. It was the same thing. I thought, man, all this work, it's going to feel awesome. It's going to be amazing because it was just chasing the next landmark. And I got there and it was like, oh, ah, I didn't do it either. I'm not brave enough to graduate again and again. I'm just going kind of off the last two. I'm pretty sure it won't make a difference for me internally. I don't have a ton of money, but I've got some. I make more every year because that's the way raises work where I work at. And um, every year, you know, it's like, uh, it's not enough still. I don't know if there is a place where you get enough. And if you get enough, I don't know that you really even care about it. Because there's no satisfaction in that, at least from what I've seen. Some of you may be, man, if I can just get this car. And I don't know where that rusty guy is today. You're probably not even thinking about him today. Because when you got there, there was another, right? I got my Mustang 2014. I was like, man, I just, I want a car that's the year it comes out. I've never experienced that before. And the crazy thing is, is then there was another year. And then I don't have the new one anymore. All right, they do the same. They're really great at it with iPhones. You chase the new one, come out with a new one every year. You know, I need that new iPhone, man. And when I get that, I'm going to be, and then they come out with another one. It's just like, man, I had the new one, but now I don't have the new one and I want the new one. But it really doesn't do anything for you, does it? Because at the end of the day, they all do the same thing. Doesn't really matter, does it? Doesn't matter. In my experience on this planet, and I've not been here forever, so there's probably people that know more than me, but I mean, I've not really found anything that's made me quit looking for something. Except Jesus. I've never found a better Jesus. Never found a better Jesus. There'll always be a better car and a better iPhone. There'll always be some other substance or some other person. And all those things are always gonna leave us the same place the last one left us, flat. But there'll never be another Jesus. And he looks at these guys. It's one of a kind, amazing, awesome breather of the stars, savior of the world. He looks at these guys and he does this amazing thing. He says, you want to come with me, don't you? Man, I'm about to do something amazing like nobody's ever done before. I'm going to die 
and put me in a hole. And man, it's going to feel like your world is crushed for about three days, but then this amazing thing's going to happen. I'm going to come up out of that hole. And I'm never going back in a hole. I'm, I'm going to live like a, like, never died. <laughs> you want to come with me, don't you? Do you want to experience that? Do you want to experience life like that? Do you want to experience resurrection like that? Do you, do you, want, to, do you want to do that? He looks at these guys who, who he just professed him as the Messiah, just professed him as the Savior, who just said, man, you're the one that we want. You're the one that we want. And he says, that's cool. Let me tell you a story. I'm going to die, and then they're going to put me in a hole, and I'm going to live. But I have great news. You can come with me. Anybody actually that wants to come with me, here's the recipe. Here's how it happens. You got to die if you want to live. If you want to live, like really, really, really want to live, you got to die. And when you do that, you just wait and see what I do in your world. Man, what would it look like today if we spent all the energy we spend trying to find satisfaction in other things, finding satisfaction in one thing? What would it look like today if we spent all that effort we, we spend chasing things or we're just spinning our wheels chasing one thing, Jesus? What would it look like in our life if we threw everything into, man, I've seen him and he's all I want and he's all I need and I've got to have him. I'm throwing everything at him because he's everything to me. What would it look like? Jesus says today, if you want to live, you can live. Anybody can live. Everybody can live. Here's the way. You got to die. Man, we look at this and we're like, this is so restrictive, God. Why would you take these things away from me? And he's like, I'm not taking a thing away from you. I'm trying to give you everything. I'm trying to get you out of your pit, get you out of your slump, get you out of this spinning your wheels. I'm trying to get you out of the, it just hasn't hit me yet. I'm trying to shake you out of this world that you're living in and resurrect you into something better. I'm trying to pull you up, not put you down. I've got more on the table today than the iPhone. (laughs) you want to come here's how you come step one get a whole lot better at telling yourself no and step two you get up today and that old man you you kill him all those old thoughts kill him the old memory kill him but here's also what gets to go away the old shame kill it the old guilt, kill it. All that devil in your ear saying, this is who you are, kill it. Kill it. All that, you can never get there because blah, 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 kill it. Kill it. And you can live. Let's pray.